against the clock, um, but that's okay. Uh, I wanted to share with you guys um, why we do what we do as a family ministry. And so uh, I was kind of brought to this attention not too long ago when I realized like half of our student ministry as it stands right now was not there when I came on board just over two years ago. So there's been a lot of changes and a lot of things. And so uh, here's why we do what we do. And I wanted to just share some of our family ministry strategy in three minutes. All right. So I'm going to do my best, but I'm also going to hang around as long as you guys need uh, to talk it through. So the first thing I want to show you is you guys may or may not know this. And I was going to do a quiz, but uh, I will refrain. This, these are our uh, physical environments for our ministries. Okay. So we have Liberty Town, which is preschool. Um, and some of you may or may not have known that name. You know preschool's downstairs, but did you know it was Liberty Town? Then up here, this is Kid City, which, by the way, this is newly renovated, which is why we wanted to kind of have you in here, show off the space. Um, Shannon wanted me to apologize. The carpet guy is coming tomorrow to do these risers. So the day after, we host this big workshop in here for you guys. Um, Kid City, Bridge 56. One of the major things that we wanted to do with Bridge 56 was create a, a space on its own in between children's ministry and student ministry. Um, and so that's fifth and sixth grade. Um, and another one of the reasons is that is to mirror what our schools do uh, in Lakota. So junior high starts in seventh grade in Lakota. And so junior high also starts in seventh grade here at Liberty Heights. One other thing we found is a fifth and a sixth grader are far more close developmentally than a sixth grader is with an eighth grader. And so, um, you know, I don't know how much you've had questions about that, but that is why we do the breakdown that way. And then on into high school. All right. Now, one of the things we've tried to do is we've tried to, as we go and progress, give your kids something to look forward to all along the way. And so the first like half of this graphic, or actually honestly all the way through junior high, uh, it kind of has a natural evolution in and of itself. So you get to the end of preschool and you're ready and excited to go upstairs and like, hey, I want to check out what's going on in Kid City, all that kind of stuff. You go on into Kid City and you're like, Okay, when you're in fourth grade, you're probably ready. And so you get excited to go across the hall over here into Bridge 56. And by the way, if you have not checked it out, right through here is our Bridge 56 game room. Check it out. It's themed out. It's, it's age appropriate, the whole thing. It's probably the coolest room in our whole church. Seriously. We have a massive game room down there, and it doesn't even hold a candle to what goes on in Bridge 56. Um, and then same thing with at the end of sixth grade. They're like, all right, I'm ready to get move on to something else, junior high, okay? High school is the tricky one. Because once you get, like... 9th grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, and you're like, hey, what's left for me? You can go to summer camp, you can go on these week overnight retreats and all these things that we offer, which are great and exciting, and you may be looking forward to in Bridge 56. Now you're in high school, what is there to look forward to? So I wanted to let you know, here are some high school-specific things that you may not totally be aware of that are unique and a little bit new to us. So, hey, look, I'm wearing my Dominican Republic shirt. Um, the first thing is we have a student leadership team um, and that's going to take on a little bit of an evolution this year, but uh, student leadership team is available for anyone 9th through 12th grade, all right? And so uh, if you have a 9th through 12th grader that is leadership caliber, uh, or you have a question if you, they, you think they might be, uh, come talk to me, and we would love to, to show you what that's about. And then the other thing that we offer that's unique is our 11th and 12th grade mission trip. Um, and so you're not eligible to go on that until you're obviously going into 11th or 12th grade or just have graduated. And so that's one of those things, like as you progress, maybe by the time you're a junior or a senior, you're not interested in summer camp anymore, but like going to the DR, like that's pretty sweet. And so we took 21 last summer down to the Dominican. Um, we're gonna look to take those shoe boxes that we pack 
and bring them back to the Dominican. And this year, we're going to um, challenge our student ministry to be really involved with those. So how cool will it be when by the time you're a junior or a senior, the boxes you've been packing since 7th, 8th, ninth grade, you now get to go lay eyes on it, deliver them, all those kind of things. So these are the, the strategies and the things that we're trying to implement and put in place to help not only like keep your kid engaged and involved, but obviously as well to disciple them, right? And so we're trying to double down and do the best we can with the time slots that we're given uh, to point your kids to Jesus. And so this is why we do what we do. This is kind of the, the why behind the what. And I'll, I'll say one last thing and then I'll let you guys get out of here. Um, right before I got here, we did a we, they, um, the, the family ministry team did a big study on what's effective in high school ministry. And honestly, the, the, the results are, we don't really know because the effectiveness can't be measured until 10 years down the road, right, after a kid graduates. But one of the major things, one of the convictions that we came across was we want high school kids involved with the body and the local church. So that's why we have no high school Sunday morning programming. If you've ever wondered or asked or, you know, again, some of you who are now in high school, but you weren't here when Brad got up and kind of laid that out. One of the reasons is we want them going to church with you in high school, right? We also want them serving, right? And probably the easiest spot is kids ministry. And so sometimes your kids like, I'm not interested in kids ministry. I get that. Um, but to imagine if they got the responsibility of leading or co-leading a little kids group, like how they would feel as knowing this is dependent upon me. And so when they graduate, hopefully they're looking at, okay, this is important. And if I drop the ball, who's going to be there to pick it up? One of the challenges in a church this size is you come on Sunday morning and you assume everything just gets done as it is. But as I know, the fact that I haven't left today, the back to school bash and this did not just get done. Uh, it didn't just happen, right? Like there are people that need to take that need to get it to that spot. And so we want your students to feel that and be a part of that. And so that was, again, one of the reasons why today I invited some of our students to stick around and help you know, do the back to school bash. And Emma was actually like, Pastor Nick, I had no idea you did all this work. And I was like, you're right. I just usually play on Fortnite all, all day during the week, right? Like, she's like, I didn't know it. it took all this work to pull these things off. And, you know, so helping students see and giving them more ownership. And so that's our strategy intentionally to scale back. Uh, as they even get older, Sunday morning and all those things as well. So we just want to be clear about kind of the why behind the what. Wasn't able to dive super deep into that. Um, the last thing I'll say is at that white table on your way out, if you have a Bridge 56er, a junior higher, or a high schooler, there are calendars, yearly calendars, all right? And um, this is a very important link for you. It's on that that magnet there. If you have a junior higher or high school, it's a magnet. Bridge 56, there's just some save the dates. Grab those. You don't want to miss out on what those are. One really cool thing is we link all those with Google Calendar, so you can subscribe to them if you have a Google Calendar to your own thing, so you'll always be up to date what's going on. You won't have to feel like, what the heck's going on? I have to you know, be a part of this Facebook group or whatever. Um, the last thing I'll say is we have some trips coming up, and so one of the things I promise is for one parent who's here, we're going to give away a free recharge retreat uh, registration, all right, just for being here. So I'm going to see if Mike can work the computer because I dropped this on him last minute. Dude, you are a rock star. All right, so he's going to spin this, okay? Go ahead and hit that big red button. Oh, I thought you were a rock star. There we go. I didn't hear the sound. I didn't hear the sound. Okay, 
Alright, so here we go. All of your names are in here for registering. If you win, you win a free recharge retreat uh, registration. And if your kid doesn't want to go, this is a great incentive to make them go. Alright, so here we go. And stop. Alright, Rumping, Jim, and Teresa. By extension, it will go to you. So, there you go. Listen, there you go. The Lord is pouring his blessings out on you. So, Hey, um, we are so thankful that you guys chose to, to make this a priority. Um, like Corey said, uh, I, I would have had no problem leading this workshop. Um, and I don't say that as like a, a boastful thing. Um, but I'm more than happy to walk through some of this technology stuff. So as you ask, as things come out and as questions arise, like I like that stuff too. So I can help, uh, I can help you navigate it. I'm more than willing to be a sounding board. We have a, a student ministry only Facebook group. I'd encourage you to join that if you have student ministry parents. Uh, we have Liberty Mamas, like a, a women's group. I'd encourage you to join that. It's a lot of good conversation that goes on in those groups because the people sitting next to you, they're navigating the same things. All right. And so we just want to come alongside and say we are coming alongside you, helping you disciple your children. All right. So I'm going to dismiss you with that, but I will be here as long as any of you need uh, to talk through stuff, answer questions, all that stuff. Thank you guys for being here. Have a great night. Uh, let Corey know on the way out how great he was. And grab cookies. There's way too many cookies. All right, the light is green. Hey, how are we doing? Hey, it's good to see you guys. Uh, hopefully I saw some of you in July when I was here on a Sunday. I got to see uh, Pastor Brad earlier tonight. And uh, every time I see him, I think the same thing. How does he still have a job? Um, so you guys are very gracious to retain Brad in uh, whatever he's doing for you these days. I'm not really sure what that is. Um, you, yes, yes. Somebody's on your leadership team that knows, clearly. Uh, no, no, no. I love Brad. He's a dear friend. And uh, I, I'm always so happy to be with you up here at Liberty Heights. Um, I mean, Brad and I have known each other for many years. He normally has me come in the summer to preach. And he normally asks me to come like the lowest attended Sunday of the summer. So I think this year I was here the 4th of July weekend, like July 7th or something. And he's like, I can't get anybody else to come. Would you just be here that day? And uh, I'm like, sure, I'll come. And uh, seriously, I always love my time with you guys. My family loves coming here. And uh, I'm super honored to be here tonight. I appreciate Nick and his vision for this. Because I'll just tell you in terms of what I'm doing with students and families. And really what I'm doing across the board with, with people uh, not only in northern Kentucky, but different places across the country where I've addressed this topic, is, is navigating what I believe is the most pressing issue that families are facing. And I don't even think there's a close second. So I'll just tell you what you're doing here tonight is of the most significance. Uh, I'm so glad you're here, committed to this, and I hope that you'll be ambassadors for what we're going to talk about with uh, other friends and people within your network moving forward. Because uh, I'll tell you some specific stories of, of how I've seen technology damage individuals and families but it's it's just shocking what we know and i would say it's, it would be even more shocking um, to know what we don't know um, that people are struggling with and teens are struggling with and families are struggling with so um, this is the tip of the spear for cultural engagement and for discipling our kids and so again i'm, I'm super honored to be here tonight and uh, always privileged and glad to be up here at liberty heights 
Um, if I'm meeting you for the first time, if you're seeing me for the first time, let me just uh, introduce you to my family. Um, I thought you might want to meet them since we're talking about family. I want you to see that I have uh, one wife and four kids. I try to never mess up that order. Um, so you see my wife, Christina, there next to me. Uh, this picture is about a year and a half old, so uh, my kids already look a lot different. Uh, but uh, we've been married uh, 21 years. And uh, we met at Cedarville University back in 1997. We got married within a year in 1998. And um, we had our first daughter, Caroline, who you'll see on my right, as I'm facing in the photo there, um, in 2001. So we were married about three and a half years when Caroline was born. And uh, I'll never forget when Christina told me she was pregnant. Um, I had the initial thought of how did that happen? And then, I figured that out, and, and, uh, and then it was like, okay, now what are we going to do? Uh, I was in seminary at the time in, in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I'm originally from Dayton, by the way, which is why I say Louisville, not Louisville. Uh, that's how they say it if you're from the South. Uh, so I was born and raised in Dayton. We met at Cedarville. We moved to Louisville to attend seminary. Um, in my last year, we got pregnant with Caroline, and I'm like, what are we going to do? The Lord provided an opportunity for me to pastor a little church in between Louisville and Lexington, and and Caroline was born there in the worst parsonage in the history of mankind. Um, we had this little house that was built over a log cabin. Uh, you could not wash the dishes and take a shower at the same time because it was one water line in the house, for which we were grateful. And the bathroom was an add-on about 15 years before we moved in. Now, this was in 1850, you guys. I mean, we're talking about 2001 here. Um, but we, we loved that ministry. Caroline was born there. And, uh, and she's now 17. She'll be 18 uh, this December. And then uh, Cameron's our, our oldest son, our second oldest. He was born in 2004. Um, Catherine, all the way over, is uh, just a year and a half after Cameron. So she's uh, a freshman this year. Cameron's a sophomore. Caroline's a senior. And then Corey Jr. is right in the middle. And uh, he's just a handful, I'll tell you. So uh, he is in the seventh grade, and he brings the party, man. Uh, he's just nothing but fun and fun and fun. Fun trumps reason. Fun trumps knowledge. Fun trumps wisdom. You got the picture here. It's just fun. He brings a party, and he's the baby of the family. Uh, I'm the oldest in my family. I have one younger brother. I swore that I would never raise any of my children to be the youngest. He's the youngest. Okay, I don't know how you avoid that, uh, but... Uh, this is my family. So Carolyn, my oldest, plays volleyball. Um, she's played for several years now. She plays on a national club team and uh, on her school team. And uh, she'll be headed to Cedarville University next year. Um, she'll be doing graphic design. She actually works on our church team now. Um, she, she helps us uh, on our creative team. She does a lot of video content, producing, uh, design, and that sort of thing. So that's what she's going to go into. She just told me two weeks ago, she said, Dad, I really would love in the future to use whatever I do with design for ministry in the church, which I thought was pretty cool. So who knows what the Lord's gonna do with her. Um, first and foremost, she's going to Cedarville, I'm sure, to meet a husband. That's not my goal, by the way, but uh, I'm sure that will happen. So I think of her career uh, as a secondary uh, initiative right now. I'm just get her to Cedarville and then hang on tight. Uh, hope there's a lot of good godly young men there. That's, uh, that's kind of my focus right now. Um, but that's, that's a little about her. Cameron plays golf. Um, and that's what he does. Well, I'd say year-round. He can't play golf year-round in Cincinnati. So um, whatever he can, and he plays for his school team. Um, Catherine plays tennis year-round and plays for her high school team. And then Corey, like I said, he just brings the fun. So he does anything and everything. Now, I mentioned a little bit of details about my family to you. Um, 
just to help you understand, I, I look at my family as just as a normal family. So I've never raised my kids to be any different than you're raising your kids just because I'm in ministry. Um, now, there is a bubble that my kids deal with that may be a little unique. And if any of you are in the public sphere and you get stopped and you go to restaurants or people come up to you and interrupt things and, and your kids deal with that, um, you know, or if there's different expectations or people say weird things to your kids sometimes, you know, they, they can put a pressure on your kids that you don't put on them. But, man, you know what? I, I take Sundays off, even though Sunday's a big work day for me, to travel with Caroline. And, and some of my favorite experiences during her tenure at home has been um, going to volleyball tournaments in different cities across the country and just being with her for a weekend. And uh, you say, you could take Sundays off? To, yeah, I'm a dad first. So um, I, I'm at sports events. Um, we were at the Reds game last night and watched Avett Brothers. If you don't know who Avett Brothers is, again, it's just poor leadership on Brad's behalf. Um, <laughs> not a Christian group, but uh, amazing. Thing. We were at the Reds game last night and, and we're just a normal family. And, and we try to raise our kids to be normal. And here's, here's why I mentioned all that. We have normal challenges. And my kids um, don't spend every day memorizing catechisms and singing hymns. Um, guess what? When Caroline turned 12 years old, she wanted an iPhone, just like any other kid. And uh, my son and all his buddies are listening to all this crazy rap music. And uh, he put that on uh, Alexa one day because we have Alexa in our home for reasons unknown to me. Just because we need another annoying technology piece in our home. So we have Alexa and I heard this music and um, we have a very interesting conversation coming out of that. Um, my daughter Catherine is, you know, this is going to be her first year to homecoming. And there's a boy that's going to ask her, when I go home from church today, massive crisis in my house because she likes him as a friend but not as a boyfriend. And dad, I just don't know if I can go. I'm like, well, honey, you can go with him as a friend, but it's going to be so awkward, Dad. And my wife's like, Catherine, if you say something one more time about this, you're just not going to go at all. I'm, you know, it's just, it's okay. You can go. You, just, you have to understand. This has been like a four-month conversation, okay, about she knew this was coming. And Wednesday night, she found out she's going to get asked to homecoming. And you and I both know your freshman homecoming means nothing, Right. Um, it's, it's not a wedding vow or anything like that. And she's just wired. She's just like, she's just so right now eat up with her friends and, oh, her first homecoming. And so that's what's going on in my house. And then Corey Jr., he just brings the fun. Did I mention that? Okay, so he had two buddies over today. Here's what he told his friends at lunch. He said, yeah. He said, you guys, you guys ever heard of Dave Ramsey? And uh, his friends were like, no. He's like, oh, man, my mom is obsessed with him. Yeah, like, we have a budget in everything. <laughs> okay, buddy, we'll teach you about budgets maybe when you're 30. Uh, hopefully you get by. So I have a normal family, normal challenges, normal issues, the same issues that you and your kids are facing. And the toughest issue we deal with is the issue of technology. Not because my kids are bad kids or your kids are bad kids. But what do you do when your 8-year-old comes home and wants an iPhone? What do you do when your 10-year-old wants Snapchat? What do you do when your 10-year-old, 12-year-old, 14-year-old can run circles around you with the device that's in their hand. So the same issues that I'm facing are the same issues that you're facing. And again, this is the number one issue that we're facing together. And I'm amazed at how few people and parents, myself included, uh, really keep up with what's happening and what's available and what our kids are getting themselves into. Because when I was growing up, in terms of purity and sexual purity, uh, the, the first time I ever saw a, a, a pornographic magazine, it was at a friend's house. We didn't look through it. 
But of course, his dad had it, and his son, my friend, found it, and his son hid it under his bed. And I was like horrified. Like I'd never seen anything like that in my life. It was embarrassing, and it was awkward, and I was. It was like a drug. Like like yo, man. Like where do you get this stuff? You gotta go down an alley, and like where do you even go to get this stuff? I don't even know. And and you talk about you know the opposite sex, girls and guys and dating, all the same things that men and women have been doing for years. But now, as parents, here's what we do. We, we almost inadvertently enable our children because it, instead of them having to find a magazine or, or, or connect with a stranger in some place where some guy pulls up to a park in a white van kind of thing, and, and here's what we do. Now we put devices in their hands, in their rooms, that enable them to pull up any sexual image or video or act within seconds, and then mom and dad never know. They can connect with strangers, with predators, with peers, within seconds. And we put the technology in their hands to do that, and literally they're sitting in their rooms, or in, they're in the basement, or wherever they may be, and, and they're pulling stuff up, they're connecting with others, they're into all kinds of stuff potentially, and, and, and we're the ones who put them in, put it in their hands. And so we would never take a pornographic magazine and and, and put it in, in the closet of our kids' bedrooms and say, now listen, this is here, but just don't ever, don't ever look at it. <laughs> you know, you would never bring a group of predators in your home and say, now listen, guys, um, we're going to put the predators in the basement. Just don't ever go down there, okay? So sometimes what we do, though, is we say, now listen, uh, purity, safety, okay, we're training, teaching our kids, but then we put one of these in their hands, or we get them an Xbox One or a PlayStation 4, all of which have the same technology, and we're teaching and telling them, now don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and all the while we put in their hands what they need and all they need to do far more than we could ever even really contemplate. Make sense? So, so I'm not uh, here to say don't give your kids technology. That's never been my message. Actually, what I'm going to walk through tonight is how you can give technology to your kids and disciple them to use it properly and to progress through a funnel whereby they have more freedom based on their maturity and based on uh, how well they've demonstrated that they can handle what you've given to them. Okay? Because my goal, and I know your goal as a parent, is, is to lead for the long term. So your goal is to get your kids into college or into a career, eventually get them hopefully to a wedding or something, whatever your kid wants to do or not do, but, but get them to adulthood. And, and then as well-functioning adults, you enter into this advisory role, right? That's the goal. But it's a long journey to get there, right? I mean, it's a long, long, hard journey. And the hardest, most difficult days are in the teenage season of life. So when I was, uh, you know, just having babies and, and uh, Christine and I were dealing with the newborns, you know, we thought that was so hard. Do you remember those days? Oh, man. I remember we took uh, Caroline home the first night in our little rundown parsonage <laughs> with uneven floors and everything. And beautiful wood paneling, though. And, and, um, and, and, and I remember we, we thought we had this little pack and play. We thought, oh, man, you know what? We, we're going to have her sleep with us tonight. This is going to be so sweet. And I remember we had her in the pack and play, and like she, of course, cried and whimpered all night. And any little noise she made, I was up. And it was the worst night's sleep I think I've ever had. And so then I just took her over to the neighbor's house, and I said, hey, we're going to leave her outside. 
And uh, so we can get some sleep. Y'all let us know if she's crying. <laughs> no, I didn't actually do that. Okay, so you learn, like, oh, man, but we were so tired. Like, oh, man, these diapers are so expensive. And we're shopping diapers, and we found cheap diapers. But guess what? They don't hold as much stuff. So um, you kind of get what you pay for. So then, all right, so we're budgeting more for diapers. And then there's food. And, like, we thought at the time parenting was so hard. And then you get to the toddler years. And two of our kids, the last two, Catherine and Corey Jr., were incredibly strong-willed. And we did not think that we would survive or that they would survive. And, and so we thought that was so hard, right? And you learn in the toddler years that, that, that your, your kids, when they're silent, are the most dangerous. Because it's like, oh, this noise and this chaos. And then when they're quiet, you think, oh, this season. But you quickly learn when things are quiet, your kids are doing something they probably shouldn't be doing, right? And, and then you have a little break in adolescence. And, and we love the adolescent years. We had a really sweet season of adolescence. And I'm just convinced that God gives us those years because he knows puberty is coming. And then when we get to the teenage years, there's a shift. The fatigue, the stress is less physical, and it's more emotional and spiritual. And then it is puberty, and then it is boys and girls, and then it is this shift in your kids that goes in terms of their identity from parent to peer. And as this shift is happening, the stakes are getting higher, but potentially your kids are listening to you less and less and less because they're listening to their peers more and more and more. And all the while, now, this is the challenge that my parents didn't have with me. Now it's not just about where my child is going or what my child is listening to or who they're listening to. Now it's, I mean, anywhere they are in the world, even in our home, they can be contacting people, connecting with people, seeing things. You know, um, soaking in things that is potentially harmful. I mean, incredibly harmful. And and the problem is when you say it's a parent, okay, we're going to talk about, hey, we're we're, we're going to manage this technology wisely. What's the first thing? Well, you know what? None of my friends do that. All of my friends have Snapchat. You say, how do you know that your kids would say that to you? Because my kids say that to mine, to me, to my wife. <laughs> and so now you're parenting in such a way to where the stakes are higher. It's harder. You're trying to launch them. You're trying to get them to launch. But here's my challenge to you tonight. We're trying to get them to launch in such a way that as they launch, they can, number one, utilize whatever they have in terms of technology now in the future in such a way that they honor the Lord, that they protect themselves and their families one day, and they free themselves from the type of addiction and bondage that more and more and more people are facing. So, so the need is just so great. I, I counsel um, right now with someone, a couple. He is about 15 years younger than me. So I like to think of ourselves as both young. <laughs> He's a little younger than me. But uh, they've, got, they've got this sweet couple. has two young children. And um, I guess about 10, they're about 10 years younger than I am. Um, and he came to me about eight months ago, and he said, man, my marriage is falling apart. I need your help. Okay, no problem. Walk me through it. Now, I just want to be super transparent with you tonight, and I will be. I just want you to understand, whenever someone says that to me, I, I just assume that there is some issue there with pornography, some inappropriate connection with the opposite sex, or technology. I'm just telling you that's where we are. I, I cannot think of a counseling situation I've had in the last 10 years where those things were not involved. Okay? So, he came to me, and this one was a little surprising to me which is saying something, so I'm rarely surprised anymore, but he said to me, he said, I, I've been steeped in pornography for years, 
He said, it's gotten to the point I've never had a full-blown physical adulterous relationship. He said, but I have a pattern of sexting, sending photos, graphic conversations with women. And he said it could be women from anywhere and everywhere. And he said, my wife found out. In fact, not only did she find out, but I promised her I'd stop. And then she found that I did it again. And she's like, I don't know if she's going to stay. Okay, let's break it down. Again, I'd assumed at least some of this would be true. Here's what I didn't expect. I said, tell me when this first started in your life. He said to me, I saw my first pornographic image at 14 years old. Okay. I think he's like 32 now, 32 or 33. When did you first start this like pattern of, now some of you doing the math on when the first iPhone came out. <laughs> okay. He was in on that early. And then that accelerated into not only pornography on the go, but then into different types of sexting and all this other stuff he's getting into. It's been going on. That part of it has been going on for 15 years. Now, here's my point to you. Two-thirds of his life has been spent absolutely steeped in this. And this always happens. People come and they say, now listen, how can I fix this? And my answer is, you're going to have to dig in. You don't struggle with something for 15 years at this nature, at this level, and then snap your fingers and say, I'm sorry, and then not struggle anymore. This is an addiction. Okay. And so we've started this process of discipleship where, you know, they're, they're doing better. The couple is. He's doing better. What's it required? And this is what I tell people, told, what I told him. You're going to have to set up some stuff on here, on your iPad, on your computer, on your Xbox, all this stuff. You're gonna have to, I'm telling you, you're going to have to absolutely prove that you're serious when you say, I want to get right. And here's what I'm here's what I'm speaking as a father tonight. Here's what I'm hoping for my kids. For my kids, I, I want to get them to launch to where they're not carrying five or ten or fifteen years of baggage. And that kind of sexual or um, predatorial stuff to where now they're getting to launch and they're getting out into the world, and I'm not in a position to hold them accountable in the same way that I am now. And, and at 24 or at 28 or at 32, they're going to their pastor and they're saying, I can't break out of this cycle and I've been in this cycle for 15 years. And you say, would a 28-year-old say that they've been in something 15 or 20 years? Yes. You'd be amazed at what 8-year-olds are doing right now with the phones that we're putting in their hand. With the Xbox Ones that they have, they're not just playing Fortnite. <laughs> okay? So I'm just trying to set the stage because... The best thing that could come out of our conversation tonight is not that we all conform to the same kind of standards with our kids in terms of how we apply what we're doing. So I'm going to give you some different forms of application tonight for different kids and stages of life. But, but here's the thing. The, the number one thing I think all of us need to come out of here with is the will to act and to do whatever is required for the holiness and the purity of our children. When we go to the doctor and we say, I have an issue, and the doctor says, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to eat, change your diet. You need to start exercising. Oop, right there, I'm done. <laughs> Ask any physician what the hardest types of changes are. What are they? Lifestyle changes. And I'm telling you right now, if you're in the stage, and I assume you are since you're here with, under Nick's leadership, and you're in the same life stage I'm in, okay, I'm telling you right now, the greatest challenge that you and I have, will have as parents right now as our kids are teenagers is to continue to muster up the will to do what is required. Because we'll try and wear us down. <laughs> and we think it's hard when they're five. I'm telling it's a lot harder when they're 15, isn't it? And they're the only one. I can't tell you how many times my kids would say, well, Dad, I'm the only one at school. And then we find other families. See, you're not the only one. Yeah, but we're the only two. 
right? And you find them. <laughs> okay, so I, I, having said all that, let me let me get into just a kind of a few nuts and bolts things here um, that that'll help us with technology. And and I, as Nick said, I really want to spend a lot of time on your questions tonight, um, and and just spend some practical time together walking through um, how to do this. Okay, so first of all, uh, there, there's a high emphasis on purity in, in what we're doing, but l let me also just remind you as a parent tonight that the social media aspects of what our kids are into are, are equally as challenging, not so much on a purity level, but really more on a relational and identity level, okay? Especially those of you with teenage girls, their identity is at stake in terms of what they're doing on social media. Now, I don't want you to just take my word for this. Uh, an hour, or, or, uh, well, I have a phrase here, an hour a day keeps happiness away. <laughs> Why would I say that? A study by the Institute of Labor Economics said teens who regularly use social media are less happy and content. That's a secular organization, okay? Experts call this Facebook depression because our teens are constantly comparing themselves to others. Now, it's called Facebook depression, but if, if your teens are cool and hip and happy, they're never on Facebook, okay? And they're not on Twitter, don't waste your time. They're on Instagram and Snapchat, okay? And on Instagram and Snapchat, it's just a comparison game. And I'm not saying every motive in posting is comparison. I'm just saying comparison in social media is unavoidable. Okay? Um, even those of us in this room who post on Facebook because we're old, um, or if you're on Twitter, um, I don't, you know, maybe you're even older. I don't know. But um, those are the two I'm on, by the way. So I, <laughs> I speak from experience. I have an Instagram account, and I'm... I get followers. I've never. I'm only on there to track and to stalk my daughter. Okay, so um, I, I'm, I don't even post on Instagram. So I'm like, oh, I'm in the Facebook, Twitter world, okay. And even you know, um, if I'm scrolling through feeds, which frankly I rarely do, but it's nobody posts their worst moment on social media, you know. And uh, that's true if you're 30 or 40. That's true when you're 13. So th this aspect of even social media is a challenge because as C.S. Lewis famously said. Um, we're, we're not proud for having something, but for only having more of it than others. That's what makes us proud. So what's the dangerous game of identity with teens? Well, they see that their friends have more of fill-in-the-blank than they have, because that's the game you play with comparison. They're happier, they're more pretty, they're more beautiful. Um, they have uh, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and I don't, or they're going to this, and I, whatever, and especially if you have girls, the, the, the challenge to their identity is more profound than ever before, which is why you will find culturally that we have higher depression and suicide rates than we ever have in our nation's history, okay? So I'm not saying there should be no social media. I'm just saying that's one aspect of, of the technology piece, okay? Secondly, I touched on the sexual sin. Let, let me just kind of uh, maybe justify that. I'm not paranoid about it. I just deal with it all the time. I know it's there, okay? 51% of teenagers say that they first saw pornography before the age of 13. Now let that sink in. Over half. It, it, it's, it's higher now. These numbers are going up. Uh, do you realize that one in five searches online, this is across the board, are for sexually immoral content? Let that sink in. One out of every five search on the internet is for sexually immoral content. 20% of teens have sent or posted nude or semi-nude pictures of themselves and the percentage is higher for girls than boys. One in five teens have sent nude or semi-nude pictures of themselves, and girls send more nude photos of themselves than boys. 
And 40% of teens have sent sexually suggestive material via text or social media. I saw an article by John Piper. He's a former pastor in Minnesota, if you've heard of him or if you read him. He wrote an article several years ago, and he actually recorded a podcast. You ready for the title? This is the title of the, of the podcast. Never send nude selfies, seven reasons. <laughs> you know why I chuckle at that? That'd be like when I was a kid, somebody putting a podcast out. Never rob a bank, seven reasons. <laughs> you know, like it seems so obvious, right? But it's a need. I'm telling you, it's a need. How did dad come to me last year? He's a good friend of mine. His son is going into ministry and is studying for student ministry right now. Great kid. Got involved with the girl, girlfriend, fine relationship. Got busted. They were sending nude photos of themselves back and forth. I mean, I was a little, again, a little surprised at that. But he's down at the Bible college preparing for ministry, doing great things, and had to confess to his parents what happened. Why? Because her parents found out. So this is like crazy, this world we live in. I don't naturally think that way, that you know what I'm going to do to get Christina to love me more? Send a nude photo of her. She would not love me more. She would just laugh his thirst. Okay. It's not how I think. I did not grow up in that world, and neither did you. Okay? Our kids are growing up in a world where this is normal. Hello? Normal. It's happening at the elementary level. So the, 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 the connection to sexual sin is, is profound. The challenges of social media are significant. And, and biblically, let me just remind us about the challenge of sexual sin. There's a uniqueness of it. Remember Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, every other sin a person commits outside the body is outside the body, right? But the sexually immoral person will sin against his own body. There is a certain shame that comes with sexual sin that does not come with any other sin. And it's gripping, and uh, it, is, it is significant, and it has implications across the board. Um, we know now that uh, for, for men or women, for boys or girls, teenagers, who get into sexual sin, every single time an image or a video is pulled up, it's like taking a step in, uh, along the field of the brain, okay? And there's some grass bent over on the step. And then the second time, there, there's another step, same path. And then a third walk on the same path. And, and, and what happens is two things. Number one... The brain formulates a normal response to the path that is being paved. So that secondly, it takes more and more and more path walking to get the same level of pleasure. Okay? And so what's happening is we have elementary students, middle school students, high school students who are engaging in things. So the social media aspect for identity is, is profound the sexual aspect of this and the unique shame and guilt and addiction that comes with it is, is um, profound on a, on a physical level and on a relational level, okay? So with these two things, here, here's, what, here's what we've got to get our kids to, okay? In all life change, there has to be a crisis and then a process. We are only willing to change when the pain of proceeding on our current path surpasses the pleasure of, of staying on it. So, so, uh, or the pleasure of, 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 um, of what you're doing. So here's the thing. So we've, we've, we've got 
to get to the point where our kids understand that the consequences of continuing are far greater than the pleasure of continuing. Um, okay, so here's, here's the million-dollar question, then, then, then how do we do that? Okay, how do we do that? So, uh, two things. Number one, again, the will to act. So I want to remind you tonight of a few things I've got in this, in this printout that I brought. Um, but it's gonna, I'm just telling you right now, it's going to require a long-term strategy to fight. Not that you're going to try and fight with your kids, okay? But you, you, you've got to have the will to do whatever's required, okay? And then secondly, there's some practical things that you have to stay up on because a year from now, what we're talking about tonight with the nuts and bolts of this are going to change because that's just how fast technology changes, okay? And so um, if you want to take out this pamphlet, let me walk through some practical things with you tonight. Um, and, and then, um, again, we'd love to do some Q&A. Okay, so let me just start on the first thing with some healthy guidelines. I've touched on some of these, but first and foremost, what have I taught my kids? The phone they have belongs to me, not them. I own it. I own the house. I own their bedroom. I own their Xbox. I own their phone. All of my kids have an iPhone because I'm not a, um, you know, I don't know. Hard parent. I mean, I don't know why you ever put like a Samsung or a Google phone in their hands. I mean, it should be an iPhone. Okay, so um, I don't know why you ever use anything other than a Mac product. But if you're if you're struggling with that, we can talk about that later. Okay, so whatever it is, whatever smartphone you have, okay, all of my kids have them, but only two of mine actually have a cell phone plan attached with it. Okay, so I passed on old phones to my kids, like my two younger kids can text and they can use the phone for different things, but it doesn't have a, a, a data plan, if that makes sense to you, okay? They can't make calls with it. Now they can make um, FaceTime calls or FaceTime audio calls over, over the internet, which the internet's everywhere, but uh, in case you didn't know that, I don't know why I threw that out there. <laughs> if y'all haven't heard about this thing called the internet, it's pretty cool. Um, so, so yeah, so you can, they can call and stuff, but they don't have a data plan. All right, but all my kids have some type of iPhone. My two oldest kids have the 10. Um, and, and so there, I, I tell, here's what I tell my kids. Listen, I'm going to get you um, a device that, that, you know, won't get you made fun of. In other words, they don't have like an old Blackberry or they don't have my first cell phone, which weighed like 35 pounds, okay? I'm going to get you something that's modern, but I want you to understand I own the phone, okay? As my phone, not your phone, as my phone. So that's just, you know, basic <laughs> parenting 101, okay? Two, I want to encourage you to set clear expectations. Be upfront and clear with your children, okay? Your expectations, we're going to see, are much different for a 7th grader than they are for a 12th grader. And if your 12th grader continues to function as a 7th grader, then your expectations will probably largely be the same. But we set clear expectations, okay? And, and, and the biggest thing that kids will get frustrated about at times is just a moving target. And so we're, we give our kids a contract. We say, here, here are the things. So, for instance, we change over the years again because we're growing in this too. We don't ever let our kids take their phones upstairs. We have a two-story house. They don't ever take their phones upstairs. All the phones stay on the first floor. Okay? And one of the reasons we made this change is we were just seeing, especially with my girls, like they'd go upstairs and do their homework and stuff, but I mean, they'd be on their phones, all this stuff. And like, I never saw my girls. Like, literally, I went like three years. I didn't even know, I didn't even know what happened to them, right? And so we said, hey, listen, we're all gonna use our phones on the first floor. All of a sudden, I got my daughters back. I'm like, you do still live here, you know? And so I, I, we got a little pushback at first. That's a change we made kind of midstream, but we communicated it up front and why we were doing it. They made the adjustment. And now if you walk into my house at nine, o'clock at night um, 
all my families together, if they're doing their homework and they want to have their phone while they're doing the homework, then they're going to have it on the first floor and we're all doing it together. And guess what? They are always on the first floor. <laughs> because if you're 17, you can't do homework without your phone. Well, let's be honest. You can't do anything without your phone, right? And, and so, and so that's, that's, that's something we've set out, and we have many clear expectations. We'll walk through some of those. But, but communicate that up front. Um, some basic stuff, too. Third, no, we don't have any secret passwords or accounts. So I'm going to show you how you can connect everybody in your family to your accounts. Um, you break it, you buy it. Um, again, another reason you should have Apple is for Apple Care. Okay, but if you don't have Apple Care, then um, again, we're a little different here with our middle schoolers than we are our high schoolers. My two older kids work, and um, yeah, you know, we, we're teaching them that you have to take care of what you have. I'm not saying I would never show grades if an accident happened and I need to go get the screen fixed. Understand? But but I do. But I also want them to understand when I put this device in your hand, it's expensive. It's a sacrifice. And um, I don't want to see you flipping it around and, oh, no big deal, it got broken, dad's going to fix it. So we want, you have to use this in a way that's wise and shows good stewardship. Um, just because your friend has it doesn't mean that you will. Um, your parents said to you, if so-and-so jumped off a bridge with you, um, now you have to say to your kids, um, just because so-and-so has Snapchat doesn't mean you will kind of thing. Um, everything is public. So one of the things I'm trying to teach, especially my older kids right now, is that everything you post on social media is permanent, and kids don't understand that. I know, I won't say many, I know several people who have lost jobs or failed to get jobs just because of social media, but I'm talking about adults. <laughs> I'm not talking about kids. Um, so everything is public, everything is out there. I just hired a person um, at our second location. The first thing I did when I got the resume was stalk the Facebook page. You know, is that biblical? I, I don't know. Um, but it, it's practical, you know, like, and, and you're looking to see what kind of person is this. So I'm trying to help my kids understand that everything you, everything you put out there is public. And especially on mobile devices and on tablets and computers, nothing ever truly goes away. I had to fire somebody years ago because of content we found on the computer that was perfectly deleted, so it thought. But I just hired a Mac specialist to come in, and guess what? It's there. It's an imprint. Everything that's imprinted on the hard drive never, ever, ever goes away. You can find it. So at any rate, we're trying to teach that to our kids. Um, second page there, um, your device will be checked for content. So um, my daughter came home the other night. Um, she, some kid reached out to her because the school was in the fourth grade because he saw some Instagram posts. He started messaging her on Instagram. Oh, I'm sure it was totally innocent. I mean, I'm sure it was just because as a 17-year-old teenage boy, he was just interested in more dynamic conversation. Um, I'm sure it had nothing to do with her looks or anything like that, but all of a sudden they start messaging. Guess what? Dad's scrolling through their messages. And my rule with my kids is you delete your messages, I take your phone. So if, if I, it, you know, and I've got some ways of checking that too, but um, I, I have the opportunity to check your, your content or your phone at any time I need to, and, um, and that's just, that's part of our ground rules. Um, your presence online represents more than yourself, so um, it, it ultimately reflects on your family. Um, we'll talk about time limits, uh, etiquette, some of this is just basic stuff, um, safeguarding with the technology that we have, and then trying to use it to be a blessing to others, not just to indulge yourself. So these are just some things, uh, obviously I've got on there you can, you can look at. All right, now, how then do we, um, do we get to a place where we can really set these devices up to work for us, not against us? Um, okay, so let me, let me give you some basics. First of all, uh, <laughs> 
Uh, and I'm, I'm going to talk now from an iPhone perspective, but if you have a Samsung or a Google phone or whatever, it, I'm telling you, all of the parental controls now are largely the same. Microsoft does a great job with their stuff. If your child has an Xbox One or any other Microsoft product, um, Google, um, Samsung, and then certainly Apple, the, the parental stuff, the control, I, I'm actually surprised at how good it is. Um, for instance, Apple in their app store does not allow any pornographic content. Uh, I mean, you think of all the money they could make. I'm, actually, I mean, I'm a little surprised that the controls are as good as they are, but they're very, very, very good. So how do you set up the phones? Okay, um, I've got a couple of slides. Let me go to the slides here, um, and let me just show you a few basics on how this works, okay? First thing you have to understand, if you don't already, okay? This is, the, this is my Facebook page. That's an old screenshot, but um, this, is, this is in the Facebook app, okay? You need to understand that not all apps are created equal and that many apps are enabled with a third-party browser or a third-party web browser to where you can't track anything that was viewed on that browser, okay? So if your child is using Safari, that's the default browser with an Apple product. Okay, y'all with me? Tell anybody with Safari? Okay, <laughs> make sure. If they use Internet Explorer, no, okay. Okay, so um, if you're using Chrome, Safari, whatever, um, Safari has, has some protections in there where you can limit adult content. You, you, you can set up all kinds of controls within Safari, okay? Here's my Facebook app. So, but if you say your, your child, for some reason, they want Facebook, Instagram works the same way, Snapchat, all, this, they all, all these apps work the same way. You go to the Facebook app, okay, let me go to the next um, slide. In the search bar up there where you saw, you type in ESPN or whatever. You can type in whatever you want, right? Okay? So I type in ESPN, I click on ESPN, next slide, okay? Now, this comes up, okay? I click on the website, it's going to open up, this is the homepage at ESPN.com, in the Facebook app with a different browser that's built into the Facebook app. Does that make sense? So now I am on the internet. I can type in anything I want. I can do any type of Google search. It will pull up any kind of content I want. And when I close out the app, swipe up to, to delete it from um, the, 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 you know, the phone, the, the, the kind of the backdrop of your phone, guess what? You'll never ever know what was accessed. Ever can't gone. Does that make sense? You won't ever know. So your child says to you, or mine says to me, Dad, I want the Facebook app. And here's what I say to them, okay? No, you're not counting the Facebook app. Why not, Dad? Because we have a clear expectation that you will not have any app on your phone that has third-party browser. Dad, why? Because it provides zero accountability to you, and I love you too much to let you live in a world with zero accountability. Because dad doesn't live in a world with zero accountability. <laughs> and dad doesn't need to live in a world with zero accountability, okay? So the first thing I want you to understand as a parent, okay, is, and this is just, I'm just telling you, it's such hard work. I don't know how else to, you know, talk about it. It's just gonna be a lot of hard work. You have to with these apps, because there's a bazillion of them, not that you all have any need updating tonight, uh, <laughs> based on Nick's little icebreaker. Now your email problem, that's the, we need to have another session for that, thank you. But, um, okay, all your apps are updated, okay, but there's a bazillion apps, 
Whenever my child wants an app, I check it. I look, I look through it. And I'm, I'm just going through it the best of my ability to see, can I, can I get to this age where now I'm in a third-party browser? Because if I can't, I just don't let them have the app. Does that make sense? They have the internet. I'm telling you, they can watch and look at anything in there. And you say, but wait a minute. I have parental control set up on my phone. They will work with this if you have the websites typed in or if you have the content set. But um, newsflash, there are bazillions of websites out there that your content filters are not going to pick up on. And you'll never know the history. You'll just never know, okay? You'll never, ever, ever know. So the first thing I try to help parents understand is you should never let your child have an app on their phone with a third-party browser because you can never track it, never trace it. You'll never know what's And believe me, they know it's there, okay? Um, <laughs> let me go back to my house this afternoon before I let um, I'm upstairs, I'm walking through actually my notes for this and just and walking through some stuff and I hear this like there's this like crazy stuff coming from downstairs in the basement. And I'm, I call and I'm like, hey Christina, I'm like, what is that? She's like, I don't know, it's coming from downstairs. I'm like, all right, so yeah, Corey Jr. has friends out in the basement. Dude, what is that? They're watching YouTube on the Xbox. Now I know that YouTube's on there. I have parental controls on their Xbox One. I didn't know that my 12-year-old knew that. Oh, he knows. They're browsing through some kind of stupid stuff. I don't know what it was. But I told him, buddy, you don't ever pull that up. So when I get home tonight, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to that Xbox, and I'm going to set up everything. I'm going to take all that off of it, you know? And, I mean, boom, kids in seventh grade, I don't even know how. I mean, I don't even know how he figured that out. I don't have the YouTube app. I mean, he just somehow got on there. Hey, these kids know, okay? So they will figure out, if they haven't already, that they can have apps to where they can get on the Internet, and Mom and Dad will never know. So the number one thing is you should never let them have an app with a third party. Okay, secondly, you should never let them have an app, even if it doesn't have a third party browser, that can allow them to send or create content that cannot be tracked. Okay, now uh, in this um, little brochure here, uh, in this booklet, I've got I've given you 15 apps. That, these actually were just released. If you, if you search 15 apps every parent should know about, these are going to come up on the internet. You may have already seen some of these. Uh, I just, I mean, it's the most current thing that's out for sure. I track a lot of these apps. So listen, I don't ever let my kids have apps to where they can send or receive content that cannot be traced or held accountable. Snapchat is number one. Snapchat started as I take a photo, send it to you. You can look at it within whatever it was, 10 seconds or something, and then it just disappears. Now that was bad enough. Now it's anything and everything. Okay, Snapchat is the number one way your kids are going to want to communicate with each other. They don't text. A lot of them, they snap. I, do I understand this? No. <laughs> I don't even understand the whole texting phenomenon. I still make phone calls. Have you all heard of those things? I still make phone calls. <laughs> I mean, our kids don't even talk on the phone, like literally ever. I, I cannot recall the last time I heard one of my kids on the phone. So they will text in desperation, but they all Snapchat. Okay. You'll see Snapchat on this list. Why? Because Snapchat is completely untraceable, cannot be held accountable. These other apps surrounding it, um, I, I was going to say something on all these, but um, if you just search for that, or you, just trust me, they're all bad apps for different reasons, some worse than others. Hot or not, on the bottom right, let me hear what hot or not is. A lot of people are into this. It's more adults than teens, but teens are doing it too and lying about their age. This is absolutely so superficial. Hot or not, you sign up for an account, 
you upload some photos, people rate you on how attractive they think you are, and then if you are attractive enough, then they connect you for hookups. They, they, they'll, they'll reach out and message you, okay? I mean, is that not insane, right? So you're a three, I'm a three, let's get together. I don't know how that works, but it's like you rate other people. You, put, you upload a certain number of photos, people look at you like, oh yeah, they'll, they'll message you, you can connect, whatever, okay? So um, that's hot or not. TikTok, y'all heard about TikTok? Nick said he's trying to get you here by saying something about TikTok, okay? Um, that one I want to mention just because Nick, <laughs> he's like, you got to mention TikTok. I'm like, that was your selling point to get people in the room during the Bengals game? How about just not schedule this during a Bengals game? Okay, so no, no, so TikTok um, is just shared video content, and uh, it could be adult content. Again, uh, very few limitations. It, most of these are either um, hookup apps or you're sharing content, and again, all of this without any accountability. Okay, yes, sir? TikTok is musically now. Okay, and they have music with it now? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, now it's TikTok, yeah? I don't see Instagram on there. Okay, I'm a, I got a whole thing on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Yes, ma'am. If there's not a public profile, what is the problem with Say that now? If your child doesn't have a public profile. Oh, the WhatsApp? Yeah. Um, let me see here on my notes on WhatsApp. Yeah, um, yeah, as long as, again, as long as you're tracing it, the, the issue is because you're sending video content and it's just a matter of being traceable okay. and accountable. That's what I'm saying. You can send stuff and you can't pull it back up. Okay? Does that make sense? They, like, you're sending stuff and it's gone. That's the thing. It, you'll never, you, like, we all believe the best about our kids. So I'm not trying to disparage our kids. I think my kids are the four greatest kids in the history of mankind. No offense. Um, and I'm sure you believe that about yours. Like, but I'm just, we all believe the best about our kids, but um, what, what, what is sin but not uh, opportunity and desire? And uh, technology presents more opportunity than ever before. It's just such a challenge. Okay, so, so with, the, with these apps and like with these, with these third-party browsers, the, the issue is there's, there's no accountability with it. And I can ask my kids, hey, what are you doing on Instagram? Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm not doing anything. Well, it's the same thing I would have told my parents, or you would have told yours. I'm just saying, I love my kids. They're good kids, but um, I just can't imagine living in a world where there is zero accountability, um, other than the fear of getting caught. And I'm just saying with technology now, there's a very low risk you would ever get caught, um, at least until this people I deal with by the time they get caught, they're 5, 10, 15, 20 years into it, and it's too late. Okay, so, um, okay, so, so just a little bit about that. So, so, here's, here's, um, so, so here's the goal. Um, let me go ahead and hit on Instagram, because that's a big one too. Like I said, Instagram and Snapchat. Okay, so Snapchat's just an absolutely no, 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 no. Um, Instagram, for me, we've allowed our older, my older um, daughter has it, my son doesn't care, so he doesn't want it. Um, but we've had to limit Instagram because Instagram recently has gone to messaging and various content platforms that have made it almost like Snapchat. So Instagram now is trying to almost catch up with Snapchat. And um, uh, the mess, say that again? As in how? Like the how okay. is it like it's catching up with Snapchat? Okay, so like with Instagram, so you know it started out just posting photos. 
okay? Now you can obviously send photos, the messaging in it, all of that. So if it, since it's within that app, if your child deletes the message, you know, it's gone. There are ways with text messaging, and I'm going to show you, where you can track their messages. Even if they delete them off their phone, you have them. That can't happen on Instagram. So I'm not saying, uh, my oldest daughter still has Instagram, and I'm not paranoid about this. I probably sound like I'm like super paranoid. I'm not. But periodically, like I said, with, with you know, the messages I went through, I'll just, I just do surprise pop-up check. You know, hey, let me see your phone, and I'm scrolling through. Now, now she's a senior, and she's leaving the house in eight months. So she's really close to launch, and she got Instagram when it was just posting photos and looking at photos. Now, over the last three years, what's transitioned is, is all the teens are using Instagram. I'm saying in the same way they use Snapchat, they're communicating through it. They're not just posting photos on it. Does that make sense? And all those communications and, um, I don't, do you have Instagram? No, 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 no. I'm talking about like if you go into messaging, you can send photos. You can see where they sent a photo as a parent, but that photo is gone in the messaging. So like you can scroll through and see photo, 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 and then if they sent text, you can see the text, but the photos disappeared. That's what I'm saying. They're trying to catch up with Instagram almost. That's my take on it. Okay, does that make sense? It's not because uh, Facebook is trying to catch up with Instagram in some respects, and Facebook has the stories now. Everybody with me on the Facebook thing? Okay, it's the messaging within Instagram that's more of the challenge because like if you and I both have Instagram, I can message you like a text message, I can attach a photo to it. If, if somebody comes up to look at the phone the next day, the photo's gone. You can see a photo was sent, but you can't see what photo it was. Okay, does that make sense? So that's where it's, it's very similar to Snapchat in that regard. It's not the same, but it requires much more monitoring than it did three years ago, okay? It's, I'm just telling you stuff's crazy. Yeah, yes, ma'am. So this is a, maybe a personal question, but we, our 13-year-old, she wants to have Instagram, and I wasn't yep. even maybe planning to ever let her have social media until she's ready for launch. Yes. Because of the identity crisis more than the... Absolutely. So, I mean, now that you know what you know, yep. your next daughter is older, yep. will you still give her that? Um, I won't give her Instagram until she's older, but I will give it to her before she leaves the house for this simple reason. I want her to have it with at least a year of me coming beside her to help navigate it. And again, I'm not naive there. I understand that even my oldest right now with, with Instagram, she could be sending photos, but I don't know what she, you know what I'm saying? That's where I'm not paranoid. Um, you know, my kids are little sinners just like everybody else. <laughs> so, but she's eight months from launch. I'm, I, here's what I don't want to have happen. I'd like to have a year where I'm at least checking the phone and having the conversations with her before I send her off to college and I see her 12 times a year, not counting summer, you know what I mean? And then, and then she's downloading Instagram and she's not around at all. So I at least want a window of discipleship with that technology if I'm going to let them have it at all. Yeah. Now again, with Instagram, the way it's changed, I wouldn't let my daughter have it as a freshman. I don't think she's at that point. But my goal, if she wants it, is she progresses through what I call the funnel is as she gets toward the top of the funnel and she has more and more freedoms and she's preparing for launch, I'll want to walk through that with her um, before I set her free. Okay, yeah, great question. Okay, so in terms of these apps, web browser is huge. Okay, I'll get to you in just one second. Um, web browsing is huge, you gotta monitor that. Snapchat, Instagram, um, two biggest challenges you're gonna have. Here's the thing your kids don't wanna tell you, but you need to remind them of, okay? 
You say, do your, your kids have Facebook? Um, no, because none of them use Facebook. If they did, here's what happened. Say, Dad, how would I ever use Facebook? Well, you set up an account. Guess what? You, can, you, you just pull up your, your account in Safari. Well, what's the difference between Safari and the app? You ready for this? Nothing. Nothing. There is no difference if you access Facebook on your phone through your web browser than if you pull up the app. How? Because the Facebook app is just a web browser. Okay? And I'm telling you, that's, that's evidence A right there. It's just, it's just a browser. So you say, how can your kids access Twitter or Facebook if they want that technology just through Safari? So a lot of what they want to access in terms of that sort of thing can be accessed through a web browser. Um, they don't have to have the app to do it because I don't want them to have an app if it's got the third-party browser and I can't track it. Okay? Um, Snapchat doesn't work that way. That's what makes Snapchat so unique. Snapchat is only going to work through the app. Okay? Instagram will work through a browser, but not with the messaging and the posting is, is, is much more difficult that way. So it's a little bit of, a, of ebb and flow. Okay? So, yes, ma'am, and then I'll come to you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. As long as yeah, as long as you can set that up, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have that app myself. I haven't used it. Um, if it has the parental controls built into it, to where you can ensure there's no content coming or going, that would be without accountability. Then absolutely. Yes. So like with the in, sorry, with the in-app browser. So if they go to Facebook and do all that, just yep. Safari, yep. Well, if you don't want them to have it, but I'm saying you can let them have it. Um, yeah, that, that's what we're getting to now. Let me go to that now. Okay, so then, so here's the key. Um, let, let me go to the last thing here, and then um, I think we'll just be in the Q&A here. That's all I was trying to cover with you tonight. But now this is already dated. I just printed these a year ago. They're dated. I had our creative team. I said, hey, I need 100 more of these, and I, I, I completely forgot to update this. So I want to show you how you set this up on your phone just really, really quickly. It's already changed. Because you don't do this in settings anymore, you do it in screen time. So the, the, the latest massive update from Apple with, with your iPhones sets up all parental control through what's called the screen time section. It's no longer in general slash restriction section. Okay, does that make sense? Okay, but, but that, what you're gonna find when you get into it is similar. So, so here's the bottom line. What you need to do now to set up these restrictions on your kids' devices Okay, um, let me, I've got that pulled up here, let me show you. So you just go to screen time. You've got four sections here. Downtime, app limits, always allowed, content and privacy restrictions. You need to go through all four of those. As soon as you go through one and you try and set something up, it's gonna ask you for a four digit passcode. You put that in. Obviously that's not something you're gonna give your kids. <laughs> okay, you set that up. And then you go through and you can, for instance, take the app store off if you want. If you have a sixth grader and you don't even want them surfing the app store, just take that off. You'll, you'll put that never allowed. It will come off of their home screen on their, on their iPhone. Okay? You can go to certain websites and you can type in. What you need to do is, is um, well, actually, that's in a different section. So let me, let me do that separate. Um, you can go to uh, any app on here. You can set time limits for the app. You can set time limits for how much they use their phone. You can um, have a period of downtime to where they can't access their phone without that password. So like, again, 
you have a sixth, seventh grader, and you're like, hey, I don't want you on your phone past 8 o'clock at night, you can set that up to where they can't use it. Is that not amazing? Right? You can do that. You can do that with game consoles. So the, the, the technology for parenting now is there. We just have to learn to access it. Okay? So, yes, sir? Sorry, just like one comment question. One comment, like just a down comment, I think it is. Yep. You can set it for a window. Yep. And so just like one trick I learned is you can set it from like 8 p.m. to 7.59 p.m. So it essentially locks it all day. For the whole day. That's correct. Done that to ground yes. So that's my comment. Here's my question. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're more gracious than I am because when my kids are grounded off their phones, I take it. I don't set. I don't set down. I don't set down times unless, of course, you want to limit something, but they need it because they're going to school or that activity. Yeah. And in that situation, you're right. There's nothing you can do. You don't know a way around that. No. No. If the brains at Apple haven't figured that one out, yeah, this guy right here ain't gonna. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I don't know. If they have the device and they're getting an incoming FaceTime, yet yeah, that I don't know how to shut down. Unless you take FaceTime, you disable FaceTime. But you may not want to do that if you need to get a hold of them. That's, I don't know how you got it set up. But, I mean, you can. Yeah, I mean, you can do that, but you would have to take that stuff. You have to disable the use of that stuff, which I'm assuming in part that's why they still have the phone in the ground. Okay, yeah. Okay, so, so again, it's more than we get into tonight, but if you just, if they have an iPhone or really um, a Google phone, all these phones have these kind of parental controls. You can set a downtime, you can set limits for individual apps, like, hey, I'm gonna give you two hours on Instagram a day or whatever, you can set that up. Um, you can take apps off that you'd never want them to use, and then you set the privacy and content restrictions. Now, the one exception to that, as I mentioned, is Safari, and uh, when you go into like to the web browser, you can set that up to where there's um, no explicit content that comes through. I've also got a section in the booklet like about books um, in Apple. Like if they have books digitally that they're reading, you need to go into the book settings and take off explicit content because it's in there. Um, and with Safari, you can go in, you can add certain websites that they can never access. And, and, the, and, the, and the restrictions within Safari are really, really good, but just understand there is no perfect system out there at all. Zero. So um, you can you can put in different websites in there, have the um, explicit content off and all that. Um, there's still going to be sites that they can access with horrible, horrible, horrible content. <laughs> so you just have to be able to monitor that as well. Okay. Um, it used to be the case that you could disable Safari and add Covenant Eyes. I don't know if you've heard of Covenant Eyes. For computers, I highly recommend Covenant Eyes. I don't know how to get around Covenant Eyes. I've had some people tell me they think they can. But I've also had some people tell me that it is absolutely solid, solid technology. It will, um, what Covenant Eyes does, like on your computers, I, I think you should have it on every computer in your house. We do ours. It's cheap. It's like $12 or $14 a month for your family, which is nothing. Unlimited computers. It, it puts something on your hard drive. Every single piece of data that comes through a web browser is logged, and you get an uh, accountability report at least once a week. And I don't know a way to backdoor it. I mean, your kid would have to be literally some computer genius to backdoor Covenant Eyes. But it only works on computers, it won't work on devices. Yes, ma'am? Well, we actually have it on computers and devices. Yes. And I thought that even though I don't approve of some of those things that you have on this list, yep. it would still be taking that screenshot of what they're doing and potentially sending you a report for it, right? 
Uh, in theory, yes. That's the latest. That's the latest. Uh, the latest versions of Covenant Eyes are trying to catch up to the mobile use and the app use. Right. Okay. But that is less reliable than the computer because in the computer it's on the hard drive. And with, within all these apps and third-party browsing and you've got data and Wi-Fi, you know, there's different, I just, I don't trust that as much as I do the, the hard drive situation. It's two totally different dynamics. For instance, if you've heard of Disney Circle, some of you may have Disney Circle, it's a really good, there's ways around it. So um, I don't trust any of those things. My encouragement to you tonight is to have a multi-tiered strategy. There's not a one-stop shop that will guarantee safety for your children. Okay. Yes, ma'am. How is it that Covenant Eyes doesn't work on? He's got it as the only browser on his phone. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you, yeah, if you disable Safari and take it off, put Covenant Eyes on. Anything that's accessed within the browser works perfectly. But I've I've talked to some parents over the years who are like, oh, I did that, but then their kid has the Facebook app. Well, Covenant Eyes won't work in the Facebook app. <laughs> now Covenant Eyes has upgraded to where you can. Um, it, it, it will uh, log any type of content coming across, okay? And I think obviously that's better. That's a step in the right direction. That's newer technology. I'm, you know, I'm just a little more leery of that than I am the hard drive solution, okay? So does it make sense, the difference? Yeah. I did that for a season with my kids. They just had the Covenant Eyes browser, not Safari. Um, but then Apple's parental controls got better and better and better to where now within Safari. Here's the beautiful thing about Safari, by the way. I meant to mention this when I talked on that. You cannot delete the history on Safari. Okay? So, like, my kids have Safari on their phones because I have the account. I have the settings in Safari in such a way they can never remove history. So, I think if somebody asked me about Facebook on the, on the web. They can access anything you want on Safari. They can never delete the history. I can just go on there and see. You have to set it that way. But that's the default setting when you go in and just common sense parentally set it up. There's not a lot to navigate within the Safari settings, but when you set it up that way to block explicit content and all that, it will, you, your kid can't go in and delete the history. Um, it's, it's genius in that respect, okay? So that's one aspect of it that's really, really helpful and important, okay? What about web TV? Um, like a Roku or an Apple TV? Or, Oh, it's a smart TV. Smart TV, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. If it has a YouTube app and they go on there and they pull, yeah, they pull up anything they want on YouTube. Vimeo. Can you do anything about it? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know what the, I don't, I, I have a smart TV. We don't use the apps on it. We have, we use an Apple TV, which is the same kind of dynamic with all the apps, and we just set the controls on there to where they can't download apps. Yeah. Like, we took YouTube off of our Apple TV. I, well, I don't know what your smart TV is. I'm not. Yeah, I don't work at Best Buy, um, but <laughs> so I can't speak to every TV. Um, I'm just tonight. Find out. You need to find out. Call somebody who knows, and then yeah, just figure that out. Yes, ma'am. So I think that a lot of the TVs will have a pin, so you can set everything with a pin, and they can't. And they can't access the apps or whatever they without the pin. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. That's perfect. Yes, sir. What's that? I am. Did it. Um, too complicated for most parents and not foolproof.
Yes. No. That's, that's how we've gotten around. If our kids reinstall a YouTube app, well, because our smart TV is connected to our Wi-Fi, we have parental controls on our Wi-Fi. Through OpenDNA, that's correct. Yeah. Now, the issue with, with the cell phones, of course, is you just turn off your Wi-Fi, you go to data, and you're back in business. Correct. So that's right. But that's the multi-tiered approach. It is. It's a multi-tiered. Yes. That protects us from the neighbor kid bringing a device. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It protects you from anything that's, that's purely Wi-Fi driven, which is a lot. That's right. Yes, sir. Yeah. He was talking about a lot of things that you had mentioned in, in giving a child a smartphone around the age of 15 or so. Yeah. And then he said that he, what he encourages is building a social media page, but ha having it on private and taking a year or two. Yeah. Working with your kid because of school applications and jobs, they want you to have a social Correct. presence and they want to see it. But yeah. I did, and even today we still we still monitor and limit who she follows and who follows her. That's correct. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Now the public-private thing again, depending on when you introduce it to your kids. If you introduce it early enough, I think that's a great way to go. No question. It teaches them how to use it, how to use it safely. But even after they go public, so to speak, um, I would encourage you to still monitor who they follow and, and who follows them. Absolutely. I know everybody. Uh, seriously, I, mean, I mentioned this tongue-in-cheek earlier. I, I seriously got an Instagram account. I literally follow, well, I think up until recently. I might have followed some more people. But anyway, I mean, literally, almost up until like a couple weeks ago. So I, anyway, there's a whole other reason there. Um, I, I only followed my daughter. And here's the other thing about Instagram you need to know. M most kids have two accounts. Um, they have like their main Instagram profile account, and then they have their real account. Okay, and it's uh, my daughter has a name for it. I forget what. Um, yeah, there's spam. two different accounts. They call it spam. Yeah, so she's got like her normal one that everybody can see, and then she's got one. So I follow both, and I told her you can't have it unless I follow both. So on her Instagram, I follow her. Obviously, I track, and then um, yeah, I don't let her follow anybody, or I'm watching who's following her kind of thing. I'm not paranoid about it, but I just you know just want to stay in the loop. That's right. But I love the idea, like with my youngest daughter. If she wants to get to Instagram, that's the route we're going to go. It's to help get her into it in a responsible way. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Um, so I'm one of those cheap parents who my son does not have an Apple. Um, I don't either. Yeah, no, understood. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, I'm teasing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's probably just a failure of Brad's leadership, but it's okay. But yes. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame you. Yeah, no, I'm, te I'm teasing. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. And Bark. Okay. Um, and they're not either one very expensive at all. Perfect. Um, but yep. the studio is safe on, I mean, like, has all kinds of things, and they just yep. updated their YouTube uh, so that it monitors that better now, Good. too. Good. But Bark is, if your child does have Instagram or Facebook or anything like that, you can put in any types of words that you want. Yep. And if something like that happens, um, then it comes to you. So if you're afraid Perfect. your kid's getting bullied or anything like that, they're just two really good apps that, like I said, I don't think they work real well with, from what I've heard. Yeah, with the Apple. They not work real well um, with Apple, but okay. they're amazing. 
Okay, good. Thank you for that. It's the one for the... Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's right. And then Castillo. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, yes, sir. So I know for a while Facebook has the age limits. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then your kids figure out what age, and then that's what they put in. Correct, yeah. Yeah, I'm all for, yeah, you use, yeah, whatever weaponry you can put in your holster, you, yes. If it's, oh man, honey, I would, but the U.S. government said you had to be a certain age. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> yeah. I see where you're going with that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. 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 Correct. Yeah, 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 and that's where, yeah, individually, but, um, I think the broader point tonight I hope you're catching is even when they get to that age, they're still going to need your involvement. I mean, not that they're going to want it, but they need it. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I mean, I, I tell you, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it's just a, yeah. I, in my experience, again, I feel like I'm on the front lines of this. And not that I'm catching everything, but I mean, between my work and my family, uh, I feel like I'm on the front lines of this. The the apps your kids are gonna want are th that the kids are mostly using aren't the ones with the age restrictions. If that makes sense. I mean, I'm really little kids, so. oh yeah, but I'm just yeah yeah. As they're coming through, even now, what they're gonna want, I'm just saying that the apps they're gonna want, the friends are using all the time, aren't gonna have the age restrictions anyway. But yes, ma'am. Earlier, you mentioned that you were gonna talk about connecting everybody to your account. Yep. Yep. Yep, so here, let me go to Apple again. So I'm sorry for you, Samsung. We're gonna have a separate <laughs> section. It's gonna be down in an alley somewhere. It's gonna be really No, okay, so, um, yeah, okay. So let me just go to Apple again. I think Samsung, Google, all this, it's similar from what I've seen and studied, okay? I, I don't use it, so I'm not as, I can't speak to personal use as much, but Apple, here's what I encourage you to do, those of you with Apple and family, set up family sharing. You need, within iCloud, okay, if you have Apple, you have iCloud. If you don't, if you're not using iCloud, I'm telling you, you need to invest in it. If you gotta pay a little more for a larger data plan, fine. You don't have to store all your photos in it, but here's the thing, family sharing, here's what happens. I just got an app this morning for my daughter. She needed an app for church, for what she's doing at church. My kids have the app store on their phones because they can't download an app unless I approve it. This is, this, is, this is just changed the last few years with Apple. It used to be I removed App Store from their phone. They had to come and say, hey, Dad, can you put the App Store on my phone? But they never tell you why. So I always ask. Well, I want this app. What app is it? Okay, well, show it to me. And I just, I mean, old-fashioned, I mean, it seems old-fashioned now. <laughs> You're going through looking. Okay, now through family sharing, so if you look on my phone, you'll see in my iCloud, those settings I pulled up earlier, not that you can see it from there, but all my kids are listed under screen time. There's Cameron, Caroline, Catherine, and Corey Jr. Okay, I can click on Cameron, and, and even from here, I can turn on my screen time settings for him remotely. Okay, so all my kids are under my iCloud account. I control all their settings. I control even on their, on their devices, plus in the cloud, I'm monitoring everything, and they, you'll see the settings on there. They can't download an app unless I approve it. Okay? Um, Yes. Yeah, so what happened, like this morning, for instance, I was actually on my way to the office. She gets there about 7, I get there about 7.30 on Sundays, because she's setting up everything for creative team and stuff. She needed some editing app, and I'm like on my way to church, it's quarter after 7, it comes up on my phone on your notifications, 
and it says Caroline wants to download light something blah 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 you click on it it comes up it has a description you can work through it has an age recommendation I'm scrolling through good I hit approve immediately um, it's approved on her device in the app download Oh yeah, I have to approve it, and most of the time I decline. So you know, one of my kids will, and it's not because they're bad apps. You know, it's just they want to get this game. Well, I can go to the app. I search all the stuff. I see that you know it's rated 12 plus for, you know, potentially they can access the content or whatever. I just hit decline, and on their phone it says you know whatever they they can't download it. Does it make it noise too, like? Yeah, <laughs> I wish it would because with my sense of humor, that would be amazing. That would be awesome. Yes, I don't think Apple's gotten that far, but we should. Send them. That's a great. That's a great recommendation. That's the best takeaway from the night, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm telling you, the family sharing game changer because it requires less hands-on. Your kids always bringing their phone to you, kind of thing, and you can monitor it while you still need to set up the stuff on their devices. But the family sharing now enables you to monitor their browsing and, and uh, their activity in terms of the app store. Now, if you have a seventh grader, you probably don't want them searching through the app store for some of the stuff you can, you know, babes or whatever they would search potentially, you know what I mean? There's still apps that would come up that would not be appropriate even to see, maybe and learn from. But as your kids get older, um, yeah, they can have the, you know, as they have the app store, they can still have it to where they're not the only loser at school who doesn't have the app store, but they can't get an app unless you approve it. The family sharing stuff with Apple is dynamite, so I highly recommend that. Does that make sense? Oh, everything. Was it family sharing? Yeah. Um, well, the apps is going to be the main thing, but um, yeah, it's not just the uh, download uh, approval. It's also the screen time, okay. um, data use. There's a ton of stuff in there. Once you get into it, you'll see. Okay. okay? Yes, sir. Sorry, so we're, we're like half and half our house. We've got Androids, the kids have iPhones. Right, and the scripture says not be unequally yoked. <laughs> I feel like that's... Is that your question? Oh, no, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So is there, is there an app, or do you have to have, like, but I have to have an Apple account? Oh, yeah, they won't go across. Yeah, 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 they won't. Yes, you can't access anything from your Samsung. Do you have a Mac, by the way? No. Okay, another fail. Um, okay, <laughs> Yes, yes. The Find My iPhone is fantastic. Yeah, no, in terms of content, what we're talking about tonight, you, it, it, there's no cross-platform. If you have a MacBook and you have iPhones with your kids, you can set up iMessage. This is, I mentioned this earlier on the messaging, but I didn't say this particular thing. You can, like, um, let's just say you have a laptop, you have a MacBook, okay? You can set up, you know how you have messaging on your computer? You can get all their messages on your computer. That's how you can track their, even their text messages. They can, but you can set up to where they don't. So for a season, I, and I, well actually we still do this, we still track our kids' text messages. But what's changed is these kids aren't, they're not texting anymore. It's all Instagram and Snapchat. But for your kids who do text, especially if they're sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, kind of early on, what you're talking about, I would set them up on texting in iMessage and then make sure their number is registered on your computer and you can even do this to where they don't know. There's, I, I did this early on where my kids had no idea. Now, you say, was that because you don't trust your kids? 
Yes, that's exactly why I did it that way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, you just don't know, right? So early on, I had a rule. You don't ever delete a text, ever. If, if your friend sends you the worst thing, just come and tell me you're never going to get in trouble. Because if you're in iMessage, like, um, okay, so if I have my computer, it's an iMac or a, or, or a MacBook, so it's a desktop or a laptop. So my kid has their phone, they send a text. It comes up on the computer as well. Does it make sense? It's in both places, the account's registered in both places. So you can send a message. This is the trick as a parent. You've got to make sure if you ever send a message from your laptop, it's on your account and not your kids. But, okay. but you can, everything's going to, everything on their phone is going to come up on your computer screen. If they delete the message strand from their phone, it's still on the computer. Does that make sense? So you can track it. So early on, I did this with my kids. I didn't tell them I was tracking their messages. Now they all know because it just takes one to find out and they all know. But, I mean, and I told them, but in, early on I didn't, and, and they were honest, thankfully, and, and you, you can track it that way. I'm not necessarily recommending that, but I'm saying, you can, does that make sense? You can, if you have Apple products, now there's no, if you have a Microsoft um, Surface, or if you have a Microsoft, some type of Dell PC, your PC's not going to connect to iMessage. You're going to have to have a Mac. And I don't work for Apple. I'm not trying to sell you stuff, but I'm just saying you can't cross-platform in that way. But if you have Apple products, even text messages, you can track and keep, and your kids can never erase those off your hard drive unless they get on there and do it themselves. Okay? Yes, ma'am. Can that go to your phone if you don't have a Mac computer device? Um, what do you mean, can you go to my phone? The texting thing you're talking about. It shows up on their, their phone, shows up on the laptop screen. Yes. If you don't have a laptop yep. computer, can it go to your Oh, to your phone? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Now, here's the thing about that. No, not tricky. It's easy, but your phone will blow up. <laughs> so that's, I recommend the computer. I'm being serious. I'm, I recommend the computer unless you want your phone going off every 15 seconds. And you say every 15? Yes, every 15 seconds. So I don't have any of my kids stuff on my phone because um, I literally would, I don't know, I would go nuts. But it's on my computer. I track all this stuff. Does that make sense? But you can do it. If you don't have the computer, I would have it on my phone. I would. And then you can silence message streams to where at least it doesn't. Yeah. And that's what you'd have to do unless you're doing some nuts. Okay. Yes. Because it would, it would drive you, as you know, it would drive you crazy. Yes, ma'am. So he said bring the question. So I have a very naive question. Yeah. Great. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. But my daughter went from homeschool eighth grade yep. to high school ninth grade. And she's like, you know, I don't want social media, but <laughs> right. that's what they yeah. So what are they doing? Are they messaging each other through Snapchat? Oh, yeah. She says they're sending pictures. I mean, oh, it's she, everything. Like Video, photo, and just normal messaging. So she's out of a loop. I mean, she, oh, yeah. My, listen, my kids are on Snapchat. My daughter's on Snapchat. Now, Instagram, I think you, one of you asked about Instagram. It's progressed to be very similar. But, um, again, I've had a grandfather, my oldest, in on, on Instagram because it's changed. But, no, though, they don't have... They don't have Snapchat. And I'm telling you, I've heard it a million times. I'm the only kid who doesn't have Snapchat. Well, they're not. But I, listen to Here's the thing, guys. Principle of the funnel. When you have a sixth grader and, and you give them a phone for the first time, they have to start at the bottom of the funnel. They need to be at the bottom of the funnel. As they demonstrate maturity and responsibility, they progress up through the funnel. They have more freedom. The goal is to get to the top of the funnel when they go off to college, right? So... 
But there are certain things that will never ever be a part of the funnel. So Snapchat in my house is never going to be part of the funnel. I've just sat my kids down. Remember, your kids move from rules to reason as they enter the teenage years. It's enough to say to a third grader, hey, why dad? Because dad said so. Just, they can't fully grasp all the reasons. But when they're 16, you need to sit down and have a reason conversation. This is the reason I'm not giving Snapchat to you on your phone. It's not that I don't love you or even that I don't trust you in the way that I should. It's because I would be putting something in your hand that could be incredibly hurtful to you. You just don't fully realize it yet. Does that make sense? And you're going to hear it. But I can't communicate with my friends. No, you can, but just not in the ways that they're, they want to communicate. And, I, honey, I... No, nope, they'd have to actually text her. And that is just so old-fashioned. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm saying they can invite her. My kids, yeah. I'm saying, and what I've found with my kids, they all adjust. They all adjust. And I'm not saying every kid will. and They might make fun of her. And they may fail to include her because of that to some extent. And I just communicate to my kids that if there's a group of friends truly who's not going to invite you to the mall because you don't have Snapchat, I would question how good of I mean, it's not that they can't get a hold of you. They can text you. They can Instagram you. They can actually call you. They can swing by the house and personally invite you. They could write a letter and uh, send it in the mail. I mean, there's a lot of ways they could invite you. Um, I'm saying Instagram is less okay today than it was three years ago. You're really going to have to monitor Instagram. Instagram, I'm just telling you, you can send photos on Instagram. You can't track it. You just can't track it. Yep. So it's, I'm saying, I'm not a huge fan of where Instagram has gone in terms of parental controls because you just can't know everything that's sent. Um, I hope this makes sense to you, but I've had a grandfather my kids through Instagram because it has changed so much. Snapchat has not changed in terms of like the core of what it is. They've just expanded. Instagram has gone from just posting photos to messaging, sending photos that then disappear, the whole bit. I mean, that's, that's, been, that's a drastic change from what Instagram was originally. So... Um, it's just going to require a lot more monitoring. I, I'll say it this way. I think I've said this maybe, but I wouldn't give a sixth grader Instagram. Personally, I'm not saying if you do, you're a bad parent. You're an awesome parent. It's just I, I would not give my sixth grader Instagram just for that reason of there's just too much that could go on that I could never, ever, ever track. What about ninth What about a ninth grader? Um, I have a ninth grade girl, and I'm not giving her Instagram just yet. The reason for that is, and my, and my Catherine is, she's, my Catherine is very black and white. She is very much standing for the Lord. Um, she had a guy come up to her the other day and try to get a little frisky with her. And she said, uh, oh, I forget the exact phrase, but it was amazing. It was like, oh, no, that ain't going to work, Bozo. I think she actually said the word Bozo, which I'm like, that is of the Holy Spirit, you know. So, like, okay. But her weakness is she just really, kind of like I told you with this whole homecoming thing, like, she really, really, really leans into her friend group and what they think. And, you know, like, she's super strong in some areas, but, like, for her, that's a weakness. Well, that wasn't the same weakness my oldest daughter had. My oldest daughter, it was identity stuff. I've never had to worry about her and who she hangs out with and have, what friends say about her and stuff. I'm just saying, isn't that parenting? All your kids are different. And so I'm saying my Catherine out at the ninth grade level, I would not give her Instagram because... I, I still think she's not high enough in the funnel in terms of her emotional IQ to navigate some of the things that we're going back and forth. 
Now your ninth grader might be perfectly fine. Okay, that's what I'm saying. I don't have a dogmatic rule here. Parenting's not about rules. I wish it were. It's it's about navigating these um, you know, these these gray areas. Yes, sir. You referenced the funnel a few times. Do you have a certain gradation steps that's published or anything like that? No, too many factors. Like I'm, even about my daughter. I mean, I'm being really honest with you about my. So please don't post anything I said about my daughter on social media tonight. Okay. <laughs> And if you do, do it on Twitter or Facebook because they'll never see it. Um, but yeah, no, I, there's just too many factors. Again, this is the challenge of parenting. There's just too many factors. You know, um, I feel confident with where my senior is. I think she's really poised to go into college and she's going to be okay. But I'm telling you, we had two years with her just working through identity stuff. And I mean, I'm talking about she's, she's won almost every award you can win in volleyball. I think she's relatively beautiful. Um, she's got the sweetest spirit. Uh, she's, I can't tell you how many nights she came home and said, Dad, I'm the worst player on the floor. I'm like, you know, Stevie Wonder could see that wasn't true. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like, what are you talking about? And like, she just would work. And so I had to parent her. I'm sorry. Was that, I'm sorry. Let's delete that from the podcast now. Okay. No, but listen, I'm, listen to me. I, I, you, where are they in the funnel? There's just so many factors. So if you have a daughter and she's struggling with identity stuff, you've got you've to give a, more of an attentive eye to anything with social media or these types of things that would go into that. If you have a son who's struggling with lust, okay, well, you're not worried so much in that regard about Twitter as you are about things that can be accessed that you would never know. You see what I'm saying? There's just too many variables on the funnel to say, here's a set rule for each stage in each age. Um, but you know your kids better than anybody, and, and here's what I communicate to my kids is just, here's where I see you in the funnel, and I've always told my kids up front, listen, right now I know you think, you're 14, you think Snapchat's the biggest thing in the world. It's not, because in two years you're going to be asking for the keys to the car, and you're going to want the freedom to go somewhere on your own. And I'm telling you, if you manage what we're entrusting to you now well at 14, you're going to get the keys at 16. And then after you get the keys to the car, then at 18, you're going to want to push that curfew. And you're going to want to go to school. And you're going to want me to do this for you and this. And if you manage this well, you're going to get to here. And then you're going to get to here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're helping your kids understand, here's where I see you in the funnel. Here's where I want you to be. Now here's how we get there, whatever that means. And it's always a customized game plan, right? You don't prepare for the Saints the same way you prepare for the Seahawks. And so if you're you Cincinnati, have, you, you have, lose to both, but you have different game plans. Yeah. So, your yeah. daughters, do they know what their individual funnel is? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. And, and my sons. Yeah. My oldest son, totally responsible, up early, hard worker. I mean, and he could care less right now about dating, about any of these. He just doesn't care. But, um, so that's a blessing. I'm like, can I just, why couldn't I have had four of that? Um, but my youngest son, I'm telling you, he's going to want everything. He, it's going to be a whole different dynamic. And he's right now, he's at the bottom of the funnel. So, <laughs> I'm trying to get that kid to brush his teeth and uh, go to the bathroom where he goes to bed every night. He's in the, what is he? He's in the seventh grade. I still have to remind him, brush his teeth and go potty, buddy. Okay. okay. My wife went into his room the other night. This is a true story. Uh, he got his hair cut, right? I have to tell him, buddy, go up there and wash your hair. Get all that hair out, okay? I'm like, like 30 minutes later, I asked my wife, hey, did Corey take a shower? It's like, yeah. I'm like, I went and checked on him. Yeah, I'm like, what's he doing? It's like, he's laying in the middle of the floor naked, reading a book. <laughs> he's a lot like his mom, if you have to know. 
Like, here's my thing about boys, right? Like, seventh graders. Like, something in his mind going naked from the bathroom into his bed. Oh, look at that book. Let me sit down and read it. This is a great time to do so. Like, can you put some underwear on first? You know, never crossed his mind. So, could I mention? Bottom of the funnel, okay? He is, he is light years away from Instagram. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yes, you have to navigate the steps of the funnel. Yes, sir. Oh, totally so, we do. Like, what do you... Yeah, great thing. Yeah, great question. Time limits. Yeah, are y'all familiar with Fortnite? Surely he's not the only dad <laughs> with the Fortnite frenzy in his house. Um, absolutely. So, um, as I said, one thing that's helped us. Okay, again, I'm not. I just. I don't want. I'm not trying to enforce things for you, and I'm not. I'm not saying they're going to work as good for you as they do for me. But the biggest thing with technology, again, we we don't want their technology in their rooms by themselves. I didn't say this directly, but if you haven't figured this out yet, I want you to understand, okay? Xbox One, PlayStation, it's a computer. So if your kid has an Xbox One, PlayStation in the room, he needs to come out. I'm just telling you, there's no. So we don't ever have devices or technology that can access the web in these unfiltered ways in private, in their rooms or anything like that. So that's one thing. And then when it comes to how they use like gaming, we just set up parameters, um, certain number of hours a week or a day um, we make it different for summer than we do for school. We make it different for the weekdays than we do the weekends. So like weekends, um, for my boys who also play Fortnite, um, we let them get up in the mornings. I think they can play until 10 o'clock. And then at that point, then they have to get ready for the day. And I have to remind my youngest to brush his teeth and get dressed. And then um, they have certain responsibilities they have to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, if we've got athletic events or whatever, we adjust it. But they have a certain amount of time. They know on Saturdays that they could do that and they have to go. Um, in the evenings, we limit that to, like on school nights, they can't play past 8 o'clock. We only give them an hour in the evening. Um, most evenings, we're not even home, so it's not an issue. Kind of thing. Yes, I encourage you to set parameters around all that. If you just set them down, and again, I don't ever think for a 15 or 16-year-old, the reason should be because mom or dad said so. I think it's a really bad reason with a teenager. You need to explain the reason and, um, and then let them adjust to it. Okay, But yeah, I would encourage you to set those parameters. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes. Does that mean for your family that homework is done in a public space? Yes. Yeah, we would know. I don't. Yeah, I don't want my like we. My kids have. Um, we have a MacBook that my kids use, and we also have an iMac. Um, yeah, that MacBook does not ever go to their room by itself. So, and again, I'm not parent. Like, we have the safeguards on it. I'm not like worried that they had it, they would do something bad with it. I just want to teach them right now in their life stage that if we're going to have, it, we're going to use it in, in a public. Um, my kids aren't allowed to have their cell phones in the bathroom. It's hilarious. Sometimes they forget, and sure enough, I see in the bathroom, there's a phone that slides out from underneath the door. Because <laughs> they know if we catch them in the bathroom with their phones, um, we take them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it has to be in a public, uh, a public space. Well, because they, before they launched all that in our school district, you know, we made a point of establishing, here's your own desk space. Yeah. yeah. doesn't need to hover over you while you do homework at the kitchen table anymore. Yeah. 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 Okay. We did. We faced the same battle. Like I said, I'm, I'm not kidding. My daughter, because she just loves to do her. Because all my kids have their own room and their own bathrooms. The way our house is just laid out. So I'm saying they would never have to leave. <laughs> you 
know what I mean? I mean, like, in their world, they're like, just slide my dinner underneath the door. <laughs> they would never, they would have no reason to walk out of their room. So, um, we, 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 we made this shift to, hey guys, listen, here's why we're going to do this, but all of our technology is going to be downstairs, you know, at all times. And I'm not kidding you, like, my daughter's hardly ever in her room anymore by herself. I mean, never. She's downstairs in the chair while we're making dinner. And by we, I mean my wife, you know. I mean, I want to give her credit. I'm not doing a whole lot there. So I don't want somebody to be like, wow, you cook too? No, I don't. But um, yeah, and I'll tell you, my kids just do it, it. Here's the amazing thing I've seen my kids, even though we got resistance on that at first, like now it's just normal. And they love it. Like they're together more. We're happier as a family, I think, because of that. That was a major shift for my family. I'm not saying the word thing for you, but. Man, a major shift. And now my daughter just sits in the chair um, while we're doing whatever. I mean, she knocks out her stuff. It's great. Yeah. Now, she can go to her room and do schoolwork because a lot of her work doesn't require the MacBook or the Chromebook. Now, a lot of it with writing and research, obviously, it does. But there's other stuff they can do in terms of reading or doing math and stuff like that. You know what I mean? They can still do it on their own. Um, it, there's just a big lie out there culturally that the kids always have to have the technology with them as they're working on stuff. No, you don't. There's a lot that they're going to be doing. They don't have to have the Chromebook or the MacBook. But when they do, we do it together. Yes, yes, ma'am. Okay. Where can we go for this information as apps change? Yeah. Where can, how can we get good information on that? Um, that's a good question. Um, email me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't text me, though, because I don't want all these texts coming up. I'm like, no, I'm kidding. Um, also, I, I work with Nick on that, and then Matt, like, if you Matt, just search, like, what was that? What was that? It's uh, Protect Young Eyes. Protect Young Eyes. It's a website, yeah, it's a, blog. It's a, a group of pastors that run the. Company. Oh, perfect. There you I go. I went on there one time. Matt sent to me. It's thorough. Like it's it's, and they'll give you their recommendations and all that kind of stuff. So, yep. Protect Young Eyes. All of us old people just follow them on Facebook. Every time a new app comes out, they will literally like pound it for six. Oh, that's perfect. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's a good question. Can I interrupt you? Because we're running out of time. Oh, of course. Can I do one more question? One more. Let, let me do one more. No, normally when the Holy Spirit covers over here, I know it's time to go. But let me do two more. One that's or a two. compliment. Go. Yes, you, and then we'll go to that. Yes. So to branch on the Chromebook, yeah. school systems use require the kids to use Yeah, my kids have Chromebook for their school. You can't download anything on there. Covenant eyes won't work on it. No, it's not. So, do you have any suggestion on that? Have to use it in the. They have to use it in the. Well, they still use it, but do you have any suggestion, like even beyond? I don't know. I don't know. Any, the Chromebook um, is is an anomaly in that respect. It's very hard to navigate. I don't have anything in terms of putting on the system. It's just you have to. We what we had to do with our, what we do with our Chromebooks. Those are not ours. The school, you know. Right. Um, they just we just have to use them together. Okay. That's for the open Yeah. Yes. Correct. That is true. That that's where it's kind of what I'm saying on the multi-tiered approach. That's right. Um, the Disney Circle or the Open DNS, something like that, would help you to where because the Chromebook, your kids, what they'd have to do on that regard is they would have to turn on um, their hotspot on their phone and connect to that to backdoor that, which they're smart enough to do it, but it would take more effort. So, yeah, that's a great question. All right, one more, and then I gotta get to Nick. Yeah, right. And so we had to explain to him in very broad terms what that meant. But he's sitting on buses with kids with phones whose 
Oh, for sure. So yeah. Um, your kids will tell you when they're in elementary school. So I'm just saying you need to start having those conversations fourth, fifth, sixth grade for sure, because your kids are having those conversations to some extent. Um, sometimes, like, I mean, I remember my son came home, and we had next door neighbors, kids the same age, different schools and different backgrounds, and um, man, like, the, our neighbor's son was saying stuff to my son that was just vulgar to the max, uh, and they were in the fourth grade at the time. So guess what? That necessitated a conversation. So you'll get feedback from your kids when they're younger because they're free to tell you more. Again, because you are their connection to their identity. As that shifts to their peers, then you're going to be doing more um, teaching out in front. You're going to be more proactive. So I always do that at the sixth grade level, and I've only got to do it with one more of mine, obviously, um, with Corey Jr. who I've already talked to him some, but um, you don't meet with him. Uh, again, so I take my girls out for a nice date. I take them to a really nice dinner um, or like a show down at the Aaron office, whatever that they would like, whatever your kids like. But I do something really special for them. They have a big date with dad, and I just walk them through some principles of purity, talk to them about here's some things you're going to be hearing, here's some things that you can expect. Now, with my girls, my wife's having you know more intimate conversations, and I'm going to have with them on things that they need to know. But with my boys, I do the exact same thing, I take them out. Uh, we go to a fun place to eat, we do something, and I'm just walking them through. Now listen, buddy, here's some things you're going to hear this year. And it's embarrassing to them, but I just tell them, I want you to hear it from me so that when you hear it from your friends, it's not a surprise. Now I'm not talking about Bulgaria, but I'm just talking about things related to sex, baby making, <laughs> you know. Because like my sixth grader, seriously, he has no idea how babies, you know. You ask Corey Jr., he's like, I don't know. A stork. He might say stork. He really could say stork. Um, no, probably not, but it would be far from it. SpongeBob could be in the answer. I don't know. But, you know, so um, I'm introducing, but here's here's the birds and the bees kind of thing, but it's much more developed in that and because we're already into some of those conversations because of the technology. So we're proactive at the sixth and seventh grade level. I think that's key. Does that make, did I answer your question? Not, not really. Okay. We've already had that conversation, but I'm No, I do. I do with that. You do that at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Last thing I'll say, Nick, thanks for your patience. You're welcome, man. Not that you have a choice, but. Uh, well, you do. I guess you could knock me out. Okay. <laughs> hey, last thing I want to say to this seriously, um, as I'm discussing all this with my kids and I'm talking about purity, I do talk about pornography with my boys at that. I'm saying that that's not news to them. The extent of it would be at that age, but I'm just saying. The fact that you can access stuff is not news to a sixth or seventh grade boy. So I am walking them through, um, you know, the, yeah, what, what's out there, what you're going to face, the temptations you're going to face. And let me, the biggest thing I want to close with, uh, since we're out of time, that I, this, man, my kids, the one thing, even in their disagreement and their frustration, like with Snapchat, they don't have it and all this, I live by the same accountability parameters that they do. And I, I can just tell you as a, as a Christian parent, not as a pastor, as a Christian parent who wants to honor the Lord, the saving grace in all these conversations with my kids is that they know and they see in their father that I live literally by the same accountability measures as they do. Now, do I have more freedom with my device? Yes, I'm clearly at the top of the funnel. But guess what? I can't access everything on my phone or my screen time. You know why? Because my wife has a password for that. So if I'm out on a business trip, I travel a lot in speaking of stuff. I'm, number one, I don't ever travel by myself. That's just part of what I do for a living. But I'm just saying, 
I never travel anywhere by myself. And number two, I don't have unlimited access to my phone to where I could download stuff and get into anything. I don't even have that option. I've never had that addiction, but in part, I know that I could be tempted in that area and I've never given myself the option, if that makes sense to you. And, and I tell my kids, now I don't have the exact same parameters that they do, but I'm just saying it's, it's not far off. And my wife has access to every text message I send. She has access to all my social media accounts. She has access to every device I have. She's not paranoid, again, neither am I. But I would never want to operate in this world without accountability. My kids aren't going to, and I don't. So just one saving grace as I'm having those conversations with them is I can go to what I have in my home for me on my phone. Um, on my MacBook, on my all this stuff, and they see that Dad lives largely by the same principles that I'm asking them to. And I'm just hoping it sticks when they get to college and beyond. But um, I'm having the pornography conversation, the purity, the all that at sixth, seventh grade level, um, because uh, honestly, my kids have seen stuff well before that through other kids' phones and devices. So yeah, okay. Um, I appreciate the opportunity with you. I, I know we're at the deep end of the pool here. There's a lot to navigate, but yep. if I can be a blessing, let me know. And um, Did you guys give it up for me real yeah, quick? Thank you. Yeah. So I'm going to try and take through some stuff real quick because we are up.